definitely not the starters. You're on the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Hey, oh, good morning, everybody, and welcome into the end of the bench here on 100.7 The Score. We're going to have fun with you up till noon today, where we'll give way to the bottom line, a Hacks Collier and Lucas edition of the program. I missed the reader's uh, memo. Well, his, got, are, his are just straight glasses. Well, I mean, yeah, you can call them readers, I guess. They help me read at the board. So you can spring pop quizzes on people? Not today, at least to my knowledge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you got something planned. No, no, I got nothing for you. Trust it's me. Big Beard Bedlam here <laughs> on 100.7 The Score, 100.7thescore.com. After a uh, big victory last night, uh, lots of fun for me. The only thing that I get hung up with with, with the OSU thing on this on these two sports with basketball and baseball is uh, I really feel for Scott Sutton. I spent 10 years with Scott. He's one of my best friends on earth. We are tight mm-hmm. and he's an assistant there. He spent 19 years at Royal Roberts worked his tail off, but got fired there. Now they are, I think on the cusp of getting fired here. Yeah. Okay. So that, and then Dave and John, the radio crew, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I don't care about OSU basketball at all. And one of the reasons I don't care about it is we just dive right in here today. One of the reasons I don't care about it is they don't care about it. There's nobody in town that cares about it. Um, and so uh, it, it wouldn't change anything because I'm all Texas Tech when it comes to this deal. So last night was a lot of fun. The only the only hang up driving home you hurt for Scott, John, and Dave. But this is athletics, you know. I mean, this is the way it is. Yeah. And so um, – Lots of fun last night. What'd you think? As we welcome in Mr. Collier here. I thought it was impressive. I mean, other yeah. than the the hiccup there at the beginning, and I'll be honest, I was picking up a kid from baseball practice, so I got to listen to the beginning of the broadcast. Not great, you know. Yeah. Slow start, but yeah. my goodness. I never really got worried about it, though. No. And, and one of the reasons that I didn't get too terribly worried about it is I was just – even Oklahoma State's always had an all airport team. When they come out of the of the yeah. plane, you're like, "Dang, these guys look the part." But I don't see a whole lot of ball players. Yeah, you know. So even though they look really good physically, I just don't see anything that really threatens me. At least it didn't last night. It could be completely different when we go up there in March. I don't know. They might have already hung it up by then too. Um, yeah. But. Even with the slow start, I never really got too concerned about it. And it was. It was a very slow start. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, you're, you were going to have to withstand some kind of something from Oklahoma sure. State. And you did it right at the beginning uh, and really didn't have to worry about much after that. Uh, I think by the time I got to my house, I, you know, it was, what, 20? Yeah, you would fl- you'd flipped it from down nine to up nine up fast. Really quick. And it was against an Oklahoma State team that hadn't won when trailing at the half. And there was no doubt in my mind they were, were they weren't coming back in that ball game. Yeah, it's a team that opened up the year with a loss to Abilene Christian. They got a lot of issues. They've had some injuries, but there's no excuse. I mean, they they're as healthy as they can be right now. They've got all of their pieces, 
and um, they're just not very good. I, I really think it'll be a battle between them and West Virginia for the basement of this league. BYU and Baylor finished late last night. I got a chance to watch the end of that the last four minutes. I uh, appreciate Eric on wheels for giving me a bailout to come over and watch last four minutes of hoops because there's no way I was getting that done at my house. Um, uh, it, one of the more interesting things about this is the complaints about the camera angle at the new Foster Pavilion. I, I did see a tweet. I haven't seen video Have from you not the game. seen it? No, I'll, I'll, I'll pull something up, but I saw tweets. There were a lot making, of tweets. Yeah. And this is this is this is um, this is interesting to me because Eric, as we were texting back and forth after I got home, he's like, "You got to come over just so I can bounce this off of you." It's this new camera angle. <laughs> it's this new camera angle at Baylor's place that I got to run by you so you can tell me what the heck is going on. And I'm telling you, it's the old Gallagher Iowa I was Cliff about, Cam. That's exactly what I it's was going to say. If Cliff any, Cam. If anybody from Oklahoma State is going to complain about anybody else's camera angle, just go back to old Gallagher old Iver. Ga- you felt like it was going to fall. I mean, there was that what, was one of the worst cameras. Well, it was literally over the base or the the sideline. Yeah, yeah. It was from a gondola. That you, did you ever go up in the gondola Mm-mm, there? No. Okay, I thought you might have, but you the, had you had to go. To the to the top, get behind a wall, climb a stairwell up into the ceiling, and then travel over a catwalk, and then dip down into the gondola. To um, that's where they had the camera. Yeah. So I I always called it Cliff Cam. It was just terrible. It was right on top. This was not as bad as Cliff Cam, but very similar. I, I thought that initially before that whenever it opened and I saw that we were we were talking about the pictures and everything was just straight up. Yeah. I, I thought, man, wonder wonder if the camera angle is gonna be one of those but this I mean the one I'm looking at right now, yes, it's Ellen, but it I don't think it compares to Gallagher. I no, but it did give me some memories. Yes. Because I hadn't thought about that place in years. I mean it's been that part of of the that arena has been gone since 2000 yeah so and that's the thing is i i never watched a game in gallagher iba old uh old i remember taking a tour of the campus gallagher hall and walking into it and not knowing that's what that was until Mm. after the fact because we were you know we were just passing through stuff i'm at the back of the line and it looked like a little tiny back gym somewhere that you know that was a practice gym or something like that didn't realize that was where i was because we were just walking on a baseline you know okay go through this door go through this door type thing and after the fact i was like oh wow i would have walked around a little bit more had i known uh where i was yeah it's a very historical place but this uh this baylor gym now has two games under its belt and that's really all the people could talk about it wasn't talking about the game and how uh, BYU's coach crushed a water bottle and soaked their radio crew. Greg Rubel's down there trying to do his best to do a call. Uh, a call doesn't go the way of the uh, BYU coach's uh, liking late. He gets a technical foul, slams a water bottle, just soaks color guy in the play-by-play guy. Tick me off. Hopefully he apologized. I got a feeling uh, he didn't. I hope didn't. so. I got a feeling he didn't. Greg Rubel is really good, too, the BYU play-by-play guy. All right, so we're just getting started. We're going to have some headlines coming up next. 
We got Lady Raider basketball tonight. They're trying to do something they haven't done in a while, and that's beat Oklahoma State. By the way, the men had lost six of the last seven to Oklahoma State. No problem last night, 90-73. to 73. We'll take your questions and comments at the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, Red Raider basketball going good, and we'll tell you why they're going so good. And uh, look ahead to K-State, all that coming up here on a Wednesday edition of the End of the Bench. Definitely not the starters. You're on the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. You need to know this the End of the Bench on 100.7 The Score. Thank you for being with us on this Wednesday. Lady Raider basketball coming up tonight. Looking forward to that. 6.30 ball in the air on 107.7 Yes FM. Fink and Chuck are in Stillwater getting ready for that game. 6.30 tip-off time. 6.45, you got North Carolina, North Carolina State. In-state rivalry there, 100.7 the score. And Cowboys Crosstalk is at 7. There's your programming for tonight. The Red Raiders win last night, 90-73, to over Oklahoma State moving to 2-0 in conference play. We'll have a chance with an undefeated matchup coming up Saturday to go to 3-0. This K-State is also 2-0 on the season. 3 o'clock is that tip Saturday at the USA. Hoops tonight. Tennessee and Mississippi State. Tennessee's ranked fifth now. Kansas and UCF. TCU and Oklahoma. That's an 8 o'clock tip on ESPN2. Butler and Marquette is at 8. Root for Butler and all the teams that Texas Tech has played previously. Connecticut and Xavier. Wisconsin and Ohio State. And uh, Memphis is playing tonight. The Roadrunners of UTSA. Um, Last night, Welcome to the Big 12 was trending with Houston getting its first loss on the road to the Iowa State Cyclones. Cincinnati losing by one on a Max Aismas jumper with eight seconds left. And who am I missing? Because UCF plays tonight. BYU. BYU BYU lost to Baylor. Water bottle. Water bottle. Splash. Um... Giants defensive coordinator cursed out Dable over firings. Uh, NFL playoffs on deck. And that's really all you need to know. Brable. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Brable. Yeah. Yeah, what, seven openings? Yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. You know, we're Eric Will, Eric on Wheels, and I were sitting there watching that and going, you know, my perception of him is a, a heck of a football coach. I think it's probably because he – Looks and carries himself like a football guy, you know, a big, burly, kind of tough-looking dude. Um, he had so much luck early in his career because he had prime time Derrick Henry, who was really a superhuman for about two or three years. He started to come down now because that's what running backs do after five years, for the most part. And the record over the last two years... 12 and 31. So he's like eight games over 500 overall. But you see 12 and 31 slapped up there on the screen, and you can understand why you'd make a move. Yeah. yeah and but, he's going to find a job. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he'll probably be uh, he'll be out of work not very long. I, I've always, I think maybe it's the look. Like you said, he always seems under control, calm yeah. demeanor. He's like a, a poor man's Mike Tomlin. Only he doesn't win as much as Mike Tomlin. Um, How about that guy? Uh, it's just never had a losing season. I hope I hope 
historically he's not as underappreciated as it seems like he is. I know that he's getting love every single year around this time because it's always, hey, look, he's made the playoffs again. Hey, look, he's won. Yeah, never a losing record. You know, not this year, but this football season before, we had our give us five football uh, projections or predictions. And I was looking at what the Steelers had. And I said, this will be the year that the Steelers finish under 500. Yeah. Didn't have a great season, but didn't finish under 500 either. But that's the difference between, I mean, I just, I just compared it. I called him the poor man's Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin probably has a winning record with, even with Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, an old and aging Derrick Henry. He still probably gets probably it right. done. But yeah, I've always liked Brable. I don't know. Maybe it's just. Maybe, like you said, he just looks the part, but uh, he'll uh, he'll find a job elsewhere. And uh, Tennessee, I, I can't imagine they're going to find necessarily a better person. You know what I'm saying? It's that's with the with what he's had to deal with. Marcus Mariota, always overrated quarterback. Um, Ryan Tannehill, converted wide receiver. <laughs> that was always one of the greater mysteries to me because you and I both watched him play tons of snaps at Texas A&M. Yeah. And that was back in the, you know, Big 12 divisional days, north and south. And I always looked at him and go, yeah, he's okay. Never did I ever expect him to be at the Dolphins playing starting quarterback. Yeah, and last this long. And last this long. Yeah, we, we talk about Chase Daniel, you know, making his money and just sitting and watching. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is probably more impressive. Ryan Tannehill lasted this long as a starter. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I know that he got benched this year, but that was because of draft picks. And eventually he had to come in and, uh, fill the void with Will Levis out. But shows you what kind of a crapshoot is with quarterbacks, too. You know, just sitting here thinking about those 2008 quarterbacks. Chase Daniel probably took a total of about 50 snaps in his 12 year clipboarding, uh, clipboard holding career. Um, he made millions, but he never really played. Um, Sam Bradford, never any good, saddled by injury from college to pro. Yeah, had one of the best contracts of all time. Yeah, he changed. He, he changed, changed the game. Yeah, he changed the game with that fifty million dollars or whatever guaranteed. Yeah, they're like, forget this upfront stuff. Yeah, you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do this different. Good for him. Yeah, but yes, he he certainly. Was a bus. Had a um, good. Had a good. He was one of those guys that always had a different offensive coordinator, and I tried to defend him, but he wasn't great. Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel. I mean, we can just go on and on with these quarterbacks, and then you can draft Dak Prescott way down the way, way down the list, or, and Tom Brady and Drew Brees, and and hit cash money. I wanted to highlight something on this Texas game last night. There was plenty to highlight. They trailed for quite a bit of it. <laughs> Cincinnati, uh, they they came in with that win over BYU. Texas, of course, the lashing they took from the Red Raiders. But Dylan DeSue, they scored, Texas scored a total of 74 points. Dylan DeSue had 33 of those points. Six rebounds. Four steals, two blocks, 
hit four three pointers. And what was your number? He shot more threes. He, he shot. He had ten three point attempts in that game against the Red Raiders. He was three for nine from the field. Period. This is kind of a. He's a hybrid, right? He's not a big. Yeah. He's not a. He's not a two. He's like a three four, depending on when he's coming down the floor and what they want him to do. Um. He, you know, Acemus, right? I mean, he's one of the best scorers in college basketball. He took three more threes than Acemus did. Yeah, and I remember Grant talking about that heading into the Texas game, how he was going to be an issue, you know, on the perimeter as well. You, I mean, like you said, a hybrid guy that uh, causes problems in a lot of different ways. I'm just, uh, I'm just concerned how good this Texas team might not be. They're they're close to losing that game. I didn't see it, obviously. I'm looking at a box score, but... I, I'm telling you, I think they're fifth or sixth in this league. And we were talking about it during the break. DeSue is only like six games into a yeah. season here. He's probably reaching a stride. You were lucky you got him early on. Not that he was going to put those numbers up against the Red Raiders, but he's still probably getting back into uh, playing shape, and he's uh, behind the eight ball compared to the rest of his teammates, and now he's got to get in shape in Big 12 play. Uh, another thing that's interesting to me is how they branch out their minutes. It's almost exactly how Texas Tech branched out its minutes last night. You had basically five players play the majority of the game. Tech had six players play the majority of the game and then two chip in with Lamar and Robert Jennings. Their chip in guys were Horton Onyema, who did not play against Tech, and this Kendall Weaver. So, some similarities there with this Big 12. Again, we've seen Kansas win this way for years and years and years. They play seven and a half guys, all of them 35 minutes. But those seven and a half guys are some of the best players in college basketball. And then they win and win and win and win and win. Texas Tech is following that. I'm telling you, it's some of it's necessity because of Devin Cambridge mm-hmm. uh, injury. But um, there's some there's some similarities happening there. Also, Purdue got walloped by Nebraska. Yeah, it was. But the uh, the funny thing is, you could just tear up our tiers of twelve, not uh, not twenty four hours after we did it, and and the top twenty five for that matter. You you were adamant about Kansas being uh, top of the heap and will forever be there. Uh, if if everything goes right the rest of the week, not only will they be the top of the Big Twelve, they're going to be. Number one in the country yeah. when the AP poll comes out next week, and not terribly long till you play the Jayhawks, also. So it's a, it's an exciting time. Uh, we'll talk about the crowd, the atmosphere. We'll talk about uh, all kinds of things happening here on the end of the bench. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from one hundred point seven. The score. It's a one hundred point seven. The score here on the uh, end of the bench is where you find yourself. On this Wednesday, and we're thankful for that. A Hacks Collier and Lucas edition of the program. Um, I was trying to think. Oh, yeah. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Went to the Rolling Stones at uh, in Norman. That was pretty uh, phenomenal. I've seen Aerosmith. I've been on the rock and roller coaster. In Orlando, the Disney Park. Yeah. 
It's it's Arrow, it's Aerosmith oh, okay. based. I was about to say you're talking to somebody as, to none of the uh, Disney. As you go on the roller coaster, it it's it's a kind of a tour of of Aerosmith stuff as you get to the ride, and then when the ride takes off, Aerosmith's playing right in your ears during the roller coaster. Yeah, rock and roller coaster. What else? I I saw. I I like No Doubt. I don't know. It's it's kind of a our. 90s 90s uh, i saw no doubt when they opened for bush so it was pretty okay. so that was pretty cool i'm not comparing them to the rolling stones or aerosmith don't get mad at me yeah but you know to see somebody before they were famous type deal that was that was kind of a uh cool deal saw john denver in concert one time really very entertaining it was like in a in a concert hall it was it was like a high school gym almost it was very small but he came out and he would play right in front of you i mean that was very interesting I would probably go. I mean, you probably have to go Rolling Stones, though, mm-hmm. out of that. I mean, and they played right. I was at the 50-yard line pretty far away from the stage, and they had a setup right in the middle bridge. It, right, They walked over right to the 50-yard line, mm. playing right in front of, us, front of us for two or three nice. songs. So that was pretty solid. I'd probably have to go that route. You know, you mentioned Pearl Jam on Music Monday. Um, my buddy Mike Carnuccio, one of my best buds, Said so the, they went and watched Pearl Jam. I think it was at the Texas State Fair. Random, like, yeah. And the Ferris wheel was going, and Eddie Vedder said, "We're not going to stop playing until that Ferris wheel stops spinning." <laughs> and so they, they got a long show. Yeah, the, the thing spun for a long time. Mine's um, that's that's the "Do I Want to Know" from Arctic Monkeys. That's my favorite car, uh, concert of all time. Really. Kane's Ballroom brought the place down. I can't believe it's still standing. It was fantastic. I can't think of any other. You ever get into Kane's? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. God, you're an Okie. Yeah. You haven't been to Kane's? Nope. Oh, you're such a central I Oklahoma know. guy. Yeah, I was about to say that I'd be a central Oklahoma person. And again, I tell people this all the time. I'm you. You're you're a lifer from in Oklahoma. Now I did thirty eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So I was from. That's right. You're not sixth a- grade through college. I mean, I know that's a good chunk, but at this point in my life, that's not a good chunk of my life. That's true. No, no you make a great point. I am, yeah, thirty eight years and then here. Yeah, no, it's it's not as much as uh, I'm given grief for. Southwest, <laughs> North Central, Northwest, Northeast, Lubbock. That's yeah. me. Yeah. No, I've I've spent significantly more time in Lubbock, Texas, than I have. Wow. In, okay. in Oklahoma. And the funny part you is, and is I, I hated Oklahoma before I went to school there. Yeah. So, but that was partially because I had to move to Oklahoma. Blasphemy. <laughs> I know it, but hey, I wear it. Everybody hates me because I went to OU. Uh, I'm just glad I went to OU over Missouri. I almost went there. Okay. Uh, oh, what a mistake that would have been. I know, right? I told you Imagine I almost went to work me. there. I mean, I, KTGR, first job offer. Nope. I was almost there. Didn't get the student loans, and I had to stay in Oklahoma, and I I watched a horrible football team, but I would rather watch football games at OU than Columbia, Missouri, any day of the week, even though their football program is better right now. Uh, does uh, Collier know the difference between Sublime and Metallica? Yes. It's a shot of Woodman. Yeah. I do know the difference between those two. You know that inside joke, right? Yeah. Okay, good. 
Rolling Stones at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, who at the Cotton Bowl? Wow. I got to go back through my my brain here and try to figure out if I missed anybody. I mean, I've seen a bunch of, you know, like uh, there was like a, always like a festival or a concert thing in the summer in Tulsa. I went to one one time. Yeah, D-Fest. I went to that. Edge Fest. Edge Fest, yeah. I went to that. D-Fest was in Oklahoma City. Edge Fest was in Tulsa. The Blue Dome District. It was like in the late 90s. Mm, blazing hot. Yeah. Their uh, special beer, Lucas. You ever had Schmidt's? Can't say that I have, no. It is in the Guinness family. Okay. And I no. hate the Guinness family. Yeah, not a fan of the Guinness family. And so, you know, it's like Guinness JV. And that's all they had at this place, this one spot we were at. So I had about five, you know, like Joe's cups of that thing. And God bless you to get, get through one or two. Oh, so bad, dude. What a terrible decision. Horrible. Try not to get too high or too low on this tech game. The league is a grind. We all know this. But I've been impressed so far two games into Big 12 play. That's from South Texas Ambassador Preston. You know, what's great about it is we're going to learn so much with e like I can't wait for tonight. This is how all of a sudden gunned up I am. I mean like I'm really really excited now. Roll roll on this right now. We need to this needs to be a promo. Go ahead. I can't wait for UCF in Kansas. <laughs> What's the other game tonight, Hex? Uh TCU, I can't wait to watch the Horn Frogs play. I mean with the way that they played at Allen Fieldhouse, see Collier. Don't pigeonhole me into this. <laughs> We're not rolling on nothing. But yes, I am looking forward to watching big time TCU and OU tonight in this league. And then uh, poor, uh, I mean, poor UCF will probably get annihilated. Oh, but yeah. but who knows? Again, it's it's the Big Twelve. But with the new dynamics, with the new teams, with what you've got going on, that's what I was getting to originally was like Saturday, we're going to learn a ton at 3 o'clock. Because I think Kansas State is a team you should absolutely beat. They, they've they taken care of their first two. They beat a bad West Virginia team last night on the road. But I think you're a better team right now than Kansas State. You start 3-0, and golly. It, I mean, again, I just feel like, I don't know about you, but I just feel like we're playing with house money. That's what I was going to say. You're playing with house money if you're 3-0 and going into Houston. That's... You know, tall task, tall task. You're, you, but that's the only time you play them, and then you get paid back because can you don't have to go to Allen Fieldhouse. Get but BYU here, the house money thing also goes back to last year. You start zero and ten. The misery, right? Did, what, what was it? How many conference wins last year? Well, that's here? what level said too, and we're approaching. I think it was five. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that many. I mean, you're. Now you had that nice stretch where you won a couple back-to-back, but oof. Uh, welcome. Dad gummit. Kicked me out right when I'm trying to read. I never had that, the uh, the session thing. Uh, I was listening to the bottom line yesterday, and this is probably some uh, stuff we need to do off air, but I, I was very intrigued by Clint's uh, description of the Big 12 as – he was talking about the front nine and the back nine. That's a golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it would be interesting to see what what par would be in the Big 12, how many par 5s we would have, how many par 4s. Not many par 3s on this course. Uh, that is the 18-game schedule. But, uh, you know, since you know previous re- regimes called it the 18-round uh, fight, I think I think we need to get past that that thing. It, I think it's run its course. Yes. Uh, I've, I've heard that recently it, before it started, and I'm like, we need to figure out a different way to no, describe 18 different. games. So I was, I was, uh, I was thankful Clint went with the uh, 18, you know, holes reference, uh, more of a golf thing. So you've got the front nine, you've got the back nine. Uh, maybe we can uh, map out who the par fives are and whatnot along the way. But uh, we just got to figure out how not to call it an 18-round fight. Did you get oh. back into the chat line there? I know we're about to. No, no, I, I'm thrilled you said that because every time I hear 18-round in my head, I'm like, let's, let's just, just do something else. Yeah. You know, we heard a lot about fighting. A lot of fight, 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 fight. Uh, no, no, I did get back. Uh, welcome to Big 12 Road Schedule, Houston. This ain't no American schedule. Tech's win versus UT is looking less impressive with their loss to Cincy right after their loss to Tech. Huh. Yep. Strike one. They almost lost. Almost lost. Yeah, and then Jeff said UT beat Cincy. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Hour number three of the end of the bench here on 100.7 The Score, 100.7thescore.com. We're here to entertain and inform, and uh, we got some of that going on today, talking Texas Tech basketball, Big 12 basketball, and um, first concerts. So I hope you've been entertained by that. Um, you going to ambush me with anything in this third hour? Are you... uh, no, I don't think so. I wouldn't tell you if I was, but that is not the plan as of yet. Now, Lucas, you know, if, if you leave the room, we might uh, discuss some things. No, you, I think I think uh, I think I heard the guys that follow us for an hour on the this this very yeah. I guess they they had a, a text thread between the two of them uh, talking about how I gave you hints. At least that's what it sounded like during the broadcast yesterday. I didn't. I, I don't know the protocol for the pop quiz, but um, I saw you were struggling, so I was you know, trying to give you some lifelines. Jeez. But, yeah, they, they questioned the integrity struggling. of the uh, pop quiz. Oh, yeah, that's what they – they just boast integrity. <laughs> when I think of the bottom line, that's exactly what I think of, integrity. They were claiming the horse race, too. They were taking that, and I said, all right. Yeah, you can have it. We got enough stuff going on. We we'll be all right. You can have your horses. I I found that uh, my horse won. Yeah, there so you I'm go. done. Yeah, you're good. That's gas station fireball is all I need. Go out with a win. We haven't had that many horse names uh, over the past week. Anyway, yeah. it seems like uh, Clint carries the uh, water for that crew mm-hmm. and gives them four to five it, a day. It, it is kind of interesting where um, the producer's the star of the show. Yeah, that is kind of awkward. I was like, man. This is this is wild. You got Choice and Sneed sitting here, but the real star is behind the glass. <laughs> His name is Viking. Yeah. I, I remember whenever I uh, showed up the first time, I, it was around the first few days of him. I swear I'm the one that called him the Viking. I'm laying claim to that. That was because he was sitting in the back back there, and I think it was me and you doing a show. He was sitting behind Lucas, and... 
I just saw this mass. I swear to God, it was me. <laughs> really? Yes. Because I, was, I, I called him Viking first. I swear I called oh, him Viking first. Because I remember him sitting back in the background. He was like, it was like he looks like a big. I swear it was me. You're wrong. I'm You're gonna, wrong. I'm gonna lay claim to that. Uh, did you guys see the OSU player hang on the rim and flip the crowd off? I, I saw the, the the hang on the rim forever, and then uh, I missed the bird. I did see the bird, and the reason I saw the bird is because. Uh, uh, Cole, the week uh, Cole Banker, our weekend guy, was there shooting the game for us, and he sent back first half highlights, and I had to edit out the bird. The bird. So I, I, was it just like when he let go of the rim? Then he decided to. He was holding on to the rim because he stayed on the rim rim a little bit longer than maybe you should have. I know there was a player underneath him, so I guess at that's the why start, and then he just stayed up. Yeah, there. he stayed up there, but there was a timeout called after the dunk, and he held on, and he extended the uh brought the other hand up and just held it up for a second it wasn't ridiculously long but it was long enough for people right in front of that to know that that's what it was, well, that, was and that's right in front of me i, I just didn't see well, that but, gesture but to be fair where you're sitting i'm sure since the timeout was called everybody was walking yeah. that way towards the bench and probably your line of sight was blocked but yeah. it was it, it was there uh Thankfully, I caught it because, you know, a lot of times the last second somebody sends a piece in his first half highlights. I saw it and I was like, oh, glad I caught that. Don't need that on television. Yeah, it was. Uh, Do you think it was toward anybody? That's <laughs> I say this uh, and I we I think we know the history. And this was my initial thought. I'm going to just go ahead and throw that out there. I won't say names, but obviously there was an incident in the past between Oklahoma State, Marcus Smart and a Texas Tech fan. And it was in the first half, dunked in that direction. And I know that that Texas Tech fan still sits in that general vicinity. I'm not, I, w- I would like to ask somebody with that program if there's like a scouting report for fans. Because, because obviously that was not a great incident uh, in, in the history of uh, Texas Tech basketball or Oklahoma State for that matter, if you're the player on that end. Um, but it certainly looked like it was in that direction. I'll just put it that way. That would be interesting. Hey, this is what you need to stay away from. Not that that anything's ever happened since then. So. It's it's really interesting to know what OSU fans how they feel about this individual. And I know this guy very well. Yeah, he's one of the nicest yeah. dudes I've ever been around. Yeah. But if you were like OSU, if OSU people were to lay eyes on him, it'd be like, ah, I hate that. yeah, no, it's it's. But that's the only time they see him, so it's understandable, I, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if that was directed in that directed towards that person, he's but it very, was certainly in that vicinity. He's very mild mannered. He's a sweet guy. Yeah, and there are other people that sit in the front rows that uh, definitely are much more vocal and can be heard especially picked up on our microphones from time to time. Leave that at that. Saw Frank Zappa at the Armadillo Club in Austin. Excellent concert. Why the heck is OUKU on plus Saturday, Big Huey? Uh, that's one thing that can't, not even Kansas can uh, avoid is having games on ESPN plus. Not even Kansas basketball. You can put football on there all the time, but. I've gotten so used to it at this point. 
Like, you know, in your, in your past, like, okay. we had to scramble and try to figure out what everything was. So you, when you're doing the news, you're like, oh, it tips off at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Uh, now, my default is ESPN+. Plus. So I figure if I say ESPN+, Plus and it's on ESPN2, you know what? It's on ESPN+, Plus as well. It's right. going to be streaming there. It's going to be archived there or whatever. I know it took a long time for people, and some people still this, this way, to to kind of wrap their minds around it. But if you're a fan of Texas Tech, you can watch volleyball, soccer. There's some golf on there. Uh, un- unfortunately, a, a football game or two. Tons of women's basketball and baseball. And you just... It stinks. It's not as easy. The setup I have, you have to change great. the input I, I, to, to the to the Xbox. But and sometimes it, uh, it the quality isn't as good. But we had trouble with that. I think the night of the national championship, the fifty-five mile an hour winds, the extreme cold that came with it, and the national championship game being on. I think everybody and their dog was inside watching that game. In Lubbock, anyway. Yeah. Because it just drove everybody inside, and and my internet was slow as it could be. It, I didn't have a great picture for a while. Yeah. At all. That's what are you the, laughing about, Lucas? You've been laughing all day. I know. Right? Like in the chat line, the latest edit by Bullfighter. It's funny. <laughs> Bullfighter's on lunch right now, hopefully. Might be on something else. He might be on some banquet <laughs> beers. <laughs> All right, we got headlines coming up for you next. Keep them coming to the chat line. And we are firing through this Wednesday edition of The End of the Bench. Playing time is not required. This is The End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. All right, as the bench warmers, you heard the man coming up here in about 10 minutes. We're going to hand you off to the bottom line. But you got Hax and Collier here for one more segment. Lucas has done a great job for us today. And thank you for being with us. Very active on the chat line today. Bench warmers, now that you've seen a couple games, what is the ceiling for Texas Tech basketball? We were talking about this uh, yesterday during our tiers of 12, which mine was absolutely atrocious. Something to build on next week. But I still don't think two games is enough. We've talked about Oklahoma State maybe uh, being young, you know, on and maybe be looking for a new head coach by the end of the year. Maybe. We don't know what Texas is. They were a last sec- second shot by Ace Miss away from dropping a second straight Big 12 game to a new Big 12 team. But with the coaching and everything like that and the growth with, we've seen from this point, I – I top five in the Big 12 seems like a good ceiling point right now because you still got the guys at the top. Let's see what they do against Baylor, Iowa State, which is also a well-coached team. So I, I'll go five right now with uh, room to improve. I think that being being top five in a 14-team league as bad as they were a year ago. If you're if you're fifth in this league, you're a five or a six seed. I think I really do. Yeah. I think we would take that right now. Sure. Yeah, you just want to stay away from 8-9. Yeah. Rather be a 10. Rather be you 11. Rather be a 10, yeah. Um, so, I, I, my favorite thing to think about is the jump to conclusions, Matt. Yep. My son has already done that, saying, Dad, I think we're only going to lose two games in this conference. I, 
sure, everything's possible, son, and to everybody listening, but that's not going to happen. Um, you're going to finish in the top six in this league. I feel that, and I feel like Sweet 16 would be a, a ceiling. Yeah. Because once you yeah, once you get there. Well, it's all matchups at that point. Yeah. You get the right you get get the right matchup, you might get lucky and get to the eight. Oh yeah, and if uh, uh Bethune Cookman knocks I was about off to say you get some random double digit seed yeah. there, you know. Yeah, that happens a lot, right. Uh bench warmers, when Choice passed the torch to Collier, did he pass on the ball marker? Those belong to the EOB. Ooh What's the ball marker. I don't know what the ball marker is. No regrets. Scotty P. Scotty P. Yeah, I know Scotty P. Okay. We got ball markers from Trey. Golf ball markers. And it's Scotty P. It's this big. Yeah. I'll, I'll show it to okay, you. Yeah. I have it in my car. Okay. And this will be interesting because I think Choice would fight. Oh, I you think he would fight. For Scotty P. That's true. He probably would. Trey, you may have to get involved in this deal. <laughs> uh, bench warmers, start bench cut. Choice need Clint. Ooh, who's coming in? Getting next? personal. Who's coming in next is the question. Um, you know what? I'm gonna do this the smart way here. Um, I'm gonna go by the guy that does the most uh, time on air. So I'm gonna go Clint as my start, Choice as my bench, and Snead as my cut. Just on strictly hours on the radio. Yeah, it's it's not a. That's uncomfortable because I think, at least usually, Sneed is the first one to walk through this door. So, like, I'll be honest. <laughs> You're looking out the window. I would fight anybody for those guys. Yes, that is clearly tongue in cheek joking. I like if Sneed needs me to bail him out, I'm there. If Clint needs something done, I'm there. If Choice needs something done. I'm kind of there. That's that's show stuff there. Um, but I love all three of those guys. I won't do any of He's that. He's not even doing it. No, I'm not. That's why to. I the preface it with yeah. the hours on on air. I love all three of those guys. Tech uh, normally doesn't perform well in the Arlington baseball tournaments. Do they win it all this year? Also, who do I root for when Tech plays Nebraska? Bullfighter. Um. As Jamie Lint would say, you do you on that, on the Tech Nebraska. Uh, I think you should root for Tech. I mean, you've got a Texas Rangers sleeve of tattoos. Rob, I mean, you clearly have the, the Texas roots. I know you got the Nebraska fandom, but um, I, I I don't that you're you're right. They haven't performed well in these, and I, I want to see it. I want to I want to mm-hmm. see a better start. Rob Childress is an assistant with uh, Nebraska, former A&M coach. So if you have a reason to cheer against the Huskers, there you go. One of their coaches is an Aggie. Oh, we have a gigum here. And then Trey said, no, I'm saying. (laughs) No regrets, not even one. You fire choice. That's from Juan, LOL, yes. Um, I have not seen this show, so but I am going to read this. Lily looks like a, a younger version of Sheldon's 
grandmother on Young Sheldon. CBS program, right? Never watched it. Yeah. Was told that Andrews had a 10-year-old throwing in the upper 60s in All-Stars. Luckily, we didn't have to face him. <laughs> 10-year-old. Uh, okay, let's get on this one. Start, bench, cut, Ford, Chevy, Dodge. Hmm. My favorite car is the, uh, I don't know if I can even say this, the orange car from a show back in the uh, 70s and 80s uh, to... Dukes of Hazzard? Yeah, you know, some people get mad about that car these days, and that show is... Oh, the General Lee, yeah. Wayside. My favorite car, I think, of all time. But Knight Rider. Knight Rider, nice car as well, but I don't think... DeLorean. Chevy, Ford, or... I'm saying in this uh, group. I would go Chevy. Batman. Wonder what Dodge, Ford. Well. Wonder what make the Batmobile Batmobile, is. but again, that, I don't think that's... Uh, I know. It's not coming off the assembly line there anywhere. I don't know, man. You see Batmobiles all over the place. We've got a uh, updated version of a uh, the Ghostbusters wagon rolling dun, around. Dun, Have you seen that? Dun, dun, yes. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what make the Wienermobile is. That seems like a GMC product. I don't know. I would go with uh, something German, right? Gonna be a... Wiener? Yeah, right. Uh, I'm starting Dodge, benching Ford. Cutting Chevy. Chevy. Wow. We've had a more Chevys in our uh, our family throughout the years. So. I've been a Dodge guy for a long time. I know you have. I knew that was an easy answer for you. I still put them second, though, even though that's – love the old General Lee. Sorry. From Tennessee. No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. Is cash money undervalued on that list? I guess it depends on what other first base, because there's a couple of pretty decent first basemen out there that will be way higher than he will be on any draft boards. That's not being mean. That's being being honest, right? We saw one of them last year. I don't think he is. I think that's probably properly rated. Um, when you look at the big league draft, it's youth, Pitchers, pitchers, youth, and then over and over again. And then you get into position players. Now, if you're uh, first, well, you're a high school shortstop phenom. That's okay. Now, what I'm getting at here is you got a guy that's a corner infielder. That will now have some age on him, yeah. like it or not. Yeah. The older you get in your classifications, the tougher it gets to become a top 10 pick, a top 20 pick. Now, the guy that bucked all this, obviously, is Josh Young. But, again, phenom Josh after his years at Texas Tech. So, I think that's probably properly rated. Nothing wrong with being top 200, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, she is a hottie, the grandmother. That's okay. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, beep, beep, Jeep. The uh, Wienermobile is a Jeep. A Jeep, really? There you go. Wienermobile in town. 
I once got dared to say wiener on a broadcast football, uh, baseball game, and uh, I got it in there. Yeah. yeah. That and shirt. No, it was. Um, mm, I can't remember. And we're got schnoz in last night. Schnoz. Right in the old schnoz. Schnozberries. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bottom line coming up next. This has been the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 107thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.